Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Hey, Life Church. Last week we started a brand new series, and that series was navigating life. Navigating life. And what we talked about last week was. The, the, the fact that one of the things that really help us navigate through all of the things in, in life is our belief in God. And, and I really feel sorry for people that don't have that belief and don't have that faith that they can lean on. And, and we talked about it last week about how important that is because when we really believe in God and give our life to him, that's a big piece of the navigational tool that we need for our life to be successful because that belief then starts having a drastic effect on everything that we do, all of the decisions that we make. And so I'm thankful that we are a church that believe that there is a awesome God that is alive, the creator God, and we serve him today. Amen. Are you thankful for that? And, and, and what's so beautiful is that we are also equipped by that God. And this is what I'm going to preach about today. I'm going to preach about how he has equipped us to navigate life. Now, I've really kind of taken a deep dive into navigational tools, and I'm going to be talking about them throughout this series. And I found this one navigational tool that just absolutely blew my mind, and it's called a stick graph. And I'm going to, I want them to put a picture of it up on the screen. Now, this particular graph or this particular tool is in a museum, and it is a, a it dates back many years and it represents the Marshall Islands. Now, if you don't know what the Marshall Islands are, it's a group of islands, uh, island nation that is in Micronesia or in the, in the South Pacific where, where the world is so vast, it seems. And if you look at this tool, you'll see that there are shells that are tied on to these sticks. That represents the different islands of the Marshall Islands. And then you see these sticks that, that are bent and, and they're of different width, of different lengths. And, and this is uh, the mapping of the swells of the ocean waves. And so when you were a young man, you would sit down and you would memorize that particular uh, uh, piece of uh, uh, that tool. And, and then you would get in a canoe and you would travel hundreds of miles to another island. And this was your map. This was your, can you imagine, can you imagine getting in a boat with five or six people and say, yeah, we're going to this island. It's a three day trip. And, and oh yeah, we know that there are three current changes or there's four places where the, the swells will come. And, and, and I was just amazed at, at, at how they navigated the seas with these simple tools, just observing how the islands affect the swells of the waves and the current of the ocean. And, and I just want to uh, make it clear right now that, that that's not detailed enough for me, okay? I'm not getting in a boat with one of those. I, I, uh, I, I'm not getting in a boat regardless, but it's not near detailed enough for me. And and what's amazing is the God that we love. Anybody bring your Bible today? Let me see everybody that has your Bible. The God, oh, I love that. 
Woo, one more time. <laughs> we got our Bibles. Now, don't leave them. <laughs> don't leave them. I remember back on uh, Broadway and, and even here when we would have people before we had our phone uh, Bibles with us. Uh, by the end of the year, we'd have hundreds of Bibles that we didn't know where they came from or who brought them. Don't bring them. Don't leave them because tomorrow they'll have school in this building and who knows what will happen to them. So if you have it, awesome. Take it home with you too. Isn't it awesome that our God loves us enough that he didn't give us just a, a vague way to travel, but he gave us this incredible word that would guide our lives, that we can live our life by. And, and yes, my faith in God is an incredible navigational tool for me, but look at the chart that he has given me that I can navigate my life by. This is the map that I walk on, that I live by, that I try to abide by. And the scripture tells us in the book of Psalms, chapter 119 and 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the message, which is a translation of, of the Bible, this is what it says. By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. So the writer is declaring to us that the word is something that will do two things. First of all, it will be a light unto my feet. It's important when you're walking to be able to see around your feet so that you don't stumble, so you don't trip on a rock, so you see the steps that are before you. And I'm thankful that the word of God is an answer for my right now. For my right now, what's right around me, I can read the word and I can see that the word will direct me and help me to make the decisions that I need to. But I'm also thankful that it is a lamp for my path, or as the message says, it throws a beam of light on my dark path. In other words, as I'm walking, yes, I am thankful that I can see around my feet, but it is also a path that shows me where I should go, not only today, but my tomorrow journeys also. Isn't that beautiful that the Lord loves you enough and one of the incredible blessings and benefits of the Lord, the way that he equips us is that he shows us the path that we should walk on and, and there's a light that is shining to lead us in that way, amen. So this is what we believe about scripture. We believe what the scripture says about itself. Now there are a lot of different works where there are other things that have to argue for that work, not the Bible. The Bible can argue for itself. It can defend itself. It can stand on, it on, on its own. It doesn't have to have another source to verify that it is true. The Bible stands on its own. This is what the Bible says about itself. When, uh, Timoth when Paul was writing to Timothy, this is what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. It says all scripture there. And if I want what God wants for my life, and I, I'm just assuming 
since you are in church today, that one of the desires of your heart is that you would have the life that God wants you to have. Amen? Isn't that why we're here? We want to connect with him. We want our life to be what he wants it to be, if I, what he's called us to be. Well, if I need, if I really want that for my life, I need to read the instructions. I need to read what the, the Bible says about what my life should be. I, I'm just like every dad in this place. Sometime or another, I have gotten a box that said some assembly required. That, that is the biggest lie. When it says some assembly required, just mark it down. I've got two or three hours that I've got to sit down and try and figure. The, the problem with us guys, well, it's one of our strengths, one of our problems, is, is a lot of times we put the instructions to the side. I, I can put this together. And, and so we struggle and we put it together and, and then we look over and there's extra parts left over. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And it's never good when you're putting something together and you have extra parts left over. It means you missed a step somewhere. But this is what the scripture says, that all scripture, all that is here is given me the instruction that I need so that I can have sound doctrine, so that I can be reproofed or I can be, uh, there, there can be a, a difference of, from my opinion for correction, for instruction and in righteousness that I can be complete and thoroughly equipped. Everybody say thoroughly equipped. That's what this word is for for your life. It is to thoroughly equip you for everything that God wants for your life. I'm going to tell you several things about the word today. But first of all, this is what I find in the word of God. The word of God will challenge me. You know what it constantly reminds me of? It constantly reminds me to look for purpose to my problems. Because from the beginning of this book to the end of this book, I see people just like me and they go through difficult things. They go through hardships. They go through trials. They go through battles. But as I continue to read their story, this is what I discover. God had a purpose in them going through that. And if they'll submit to the will of God, this is what we find that God will actually take the very thing that they went through and use it to build their life and help them to be overcomers. It constantly reminds me to look for the purpose that is going on in my problems. It challenges me to be better. The word of God also changes me. It changes me because as I'm reading it, it is reading me. It, it's, it, this is what the scripture says about itself. Peter says it, that the word of God is like a two-edged sword and it just pierces into our heart and, and, and discerns. It begins to discern what is right, what is wrong. And if we'll let the word of God speak to us, it will challenge us and it will change us. And the word of God will correct me when I'm battling what is right and wrong, when I'm battling, should I do this or should I do this? All we have to do is look in the word of God and over and over it again, it will bring us to the place where we know this is the path that I should walk on. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the word of God? Anybody thankful for the Bible? 
I'm thankful that he gave it to us. I grew up here in this church and my dad was the pastor for many years and he used to sing this song. I have a wonderful treasure and it's given to me without measure. In other words, it's as deep as I want to be. And he said, so I'll travel together my Bible and I. I remember that song and I remember the message of how important it is to apply the word of God to your life. Now, not only do I believe that it is given to us to equip us, but I believe that it is given to us as a book without error. There's no mistakes in it. Now, there may be a couple of places where one disciple writes something from his point of view that differs from another disciple's point of view, but it doesn't mean that they are differing from each other. The story is the same. And and as I've grown up and as I've read and as I've studied, this is what I have found over and over again, that many people try to dismiss the miracles that took place in this book. I've read certain theologians, I I say that very loosely, that that try and reason away how there's no way that the dead was actually raised, that they were in some type of diabetic coma or something like that. It's just crazy the links that people will go to try and disprove what the word of God says and say, oh, it's just a book that has some good moral stories. I believe that it's much more than a storybook. I believe that it is the word of God that has been delivered to us to equip us. And if we're going to really navigate this life, this is an incredible tool that we can use. Amen. It's an incredible tool that we can use. And I believe that as followers of God, as as Christians, then we should walk in obedience to what his word has to say. It, It truly is a miraculous book. It truly is a book that is amazing. And, and, and what's a, one of the things that's so amazing about it is the uniformity of the Bible. What, what do you mean when you say uniformity? I mean how it agrees with itself. And, and when you think about it, this book was written over 1,600 years. That's pretty old. That's pretty long. That's a, that's a big span of time. 40 generations. Think about that. 40 generations. And did you know that it was written by approximately 40 different authors? And those authors came from all different perspectives of life, all different outlooks on life, all different situations. I mean, you've got Moses, who was really a political leader. He was called by God, but he had been trained in the household of the Pharaoh. You have Peter, who was just a fisherman, unlearned fisherman from from what we can tell. You have Amos, who was an incredible prophet, but he was really just a shepherd. He tended the sheep. You have Joshua, who was a military leader, and Nehemiah, who was a servant to the king, the cupbearer. You have Daniel, who was a prime minister, and you have Luke, who was a doctor. You have David, who was a poet, a musician, and probably the greatest king that Israel ever saw. And then you have Ezekiel, who was a priest that was carried away into Babylon and lived most of his life in captivity. You have Hosea that wrote one of the most incredible books in the Old Testament who was married to a prostitute. You have Solomon who was the king. You have James who was the brother of Jesus and Matthew who was a tax collector. And yet what we find is 
even though these men came from many different backgrounds and had many different perspectives on life, they're in agreement when they write this book and talk about the God that we serve today. There is no variation. There is no changing. Wow, it is amazing. You know what? It was only not only written by different men in different places, but it was also written in different kinds of environment. I mean, Moses is writing the first five books in the wilderness. Think about how many times he had to brush sand off of the parchment that he was writing on. He, it was not a place that was really conducive to writing that. But, but he wrote the first five books in the Bible in the wilderness. Jeremiah gave one of the most powerful uh, declarations of prophecy from the dungeon. David started writing on the hillside when he was all by himself and wrote about the beauties of praising God. And he wrote on the hillside and he wrote in the throne room. He, he was amazing. Paul wrote some of the most encouraging letters, letters that called for us to be joyful, letters that call for us to be rejoicing all while he was inside of prison walls. Luke wrote the book of Acts while he was traveling all over uh, Asia at that time. And John wrote one of the most amazing revelations of Jesus Christ when he was in exile on the Isle of Patmos. And yet it doesn't matter what the environment was, they're all in agreement when they write the words that are in this book. Yes, it is something to be thankful for. It, it was written during different events. David writes during a time of war and Solomon writes during a time of peace. So, uh, Lamentation is written by Jeremiah in a time of sorrow, even depression it seems, and yet De Daniel writes in a time of captivity. It, it's written in, written in many different events, many different environments, and by many different people. It was written on three continents, uh, Africa, Asia, and Europe. It was written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, and yet it is the most incredible work that man has ever seen because it was inspired by God. Amen. It was inspired by God. It also addresses some of the most controversial issues that man has ever faced. The origin of man, the origin of the universe, the nature of God, the nature of our sin, the nature of our redemption, paradise lost in the book of Genesis, found in the book of Revelations. Amen. I love it. How it's from the garden to the city, but in the end, God wins and we're in his presence forever. Amen. It talks about the resurrection of the dead, which seems to be unreal, unbelievable. And how can we conceive it? But Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 explains what is going to happen on that great morning when the Lord shall return and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will join with them. I believe this word. I believe this word. I believe it when it talks about eternal life. I believe it. 
I believe it. I love how it's in agreement. I love that it doesn't argue with itself. I love how they uh, uh, confirm one another. I love how Jesus quotes Moses and how Jesus quotes David and how Jesus quotes Jonah. Yeah, I know some of you don't believe that there was actually a fish that swallowed a man. You think it's a good story. I'm just going to tell you one thing. Jesus quotes him. And if Jesus says it was true, I sure do believe it. I believe it. I believe it happened. I believe that God has it in control. And I believe that it continues to speak to us today. How is that possible? How is that possible? I've read incredible books. I, I was thinking about when we had that chart up about the, uh, the, the navigational tool. I, I thought about how when I was in high school, I read Robinson Crusoe. I don't know how many of you read that book. Is there anybody in the house that read that book years ago? I love that book. That was such an incredible book. It's sad that, that most people don't even know about it today. And, and I thought about Robinson Crusoe and, and I read it when I was young three or four times, but I haven't read it in 40 years because it no longer has any interest to me. I know the story. And yet every time I open this book, it says something new to me. Every time I open this book, it still talks to me. It still tells me what I need to do. I, I remember dad talking about a preacher that used to lay his Bible on the street and cover it with a coat and start telling people as they were walking up and down the street, be careful folks, it's alive, it's alive. And they all would gather around. They would think it was a rat, a snake, some type of animal. And when he got a big enough crowd, he'd take his coat off, pick up his Bible and he'd say, it's the word of God, it's alive. And the Lord has something for you today. I'm telling you. It's alive. How can that be? It can be because it's inspired by God. It's inspired by God. This is what Peter said. Second Peter chapter one, verse 20 and 21. He says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of man, but by the holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So we can read these prophecies and we can tell you that the prophecies were given by the inspiration of God. Just think about all the incredible prophecies that came true about Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, scripture after scripture prophesying the Messiah coming. Now, I read this and I've not verified it, but I am going to tell the story anyway. They said the chances of all of those scriptures coming true in one man, in one place, in one time would be the same equivalent if the state of Texas was covered with silver dollars, six foot tall, and there was one coin that had a special mark on it, and you were able to pick that one coin up the first try. That's pretty mathematical. It's beyond me. I, there's probably some guys in this room that could do it justice, but I can't. But this is what I do know. This Bible and this word is inspired by God. And, and this is what I believe. I believe that what the Bible says is true. I, I just believe that it's true. But, but pastor, it's a very old book and it's out of style. I don't care if you think it's out of style or out of step with the culture today. What the Bible says 
is true. And if I'm going to navigate my life and, and if I'm going to go through this life and end up in that relationship with God that I need, you know what I have to do? I have to abide by what the word of God says, because it says what is true. This is what the scripture tells us in Proverbs chapter 21 and two. Every, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. This is what the scripture means. Every man feels strongly attached to his own opinion. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like the world that we're living in? That people get so attached to their own opinion that that becomes their truth, their created God, as I talked about yesterday. And that's the world that we live in. The truth is, is that many people in this world today choose their own opinions over what the word of God has to say. They choose their own way of thinking, their own way of looking at things. And as a result, this is what we've seen in America. We've seen that America is no longer a Christian nation. It, we are living in a post-Christian society and culture because there is no longer the belief in the word of God. And, and this is what I think. If we believe in God, and I talked about it last week, then we will give God the right to tell us what we should do. If we believe that he is the creator, if he is the Lord of Lord, if he is the King of Kings, and that if he holds everything in his hand, then we're quick to submit to whatever he wants for our life. If he knows the end from the beginning, we're quick to say, well, then obviously you know what's best for my life because you know the end from the beginning. But too many people say, you know what? My opinion is more important. My opinion holds more weight. And we get so many people that their theology comes from TikTok. Oh my God, help me. We got people that have their theology coming from Washington, D.C. God bless all those people up there. We pray for them, but they're not putting out anything that can save my soul. They're putting out stuff that will cost me on my paycheck is what they're doing. We don't get our theology from Washington, D.C. We don't get our theology from Wall Street. We don't get our theology from school or from colleges. Whatever it may be, those are poor sources of theology. I'm thankful that I have the word of God that will tell me who God is, what God's relationship is to me, and what God wants for my life. Amen. So I'm going to end up here in this message by giving you four benefits from the word of God. Four benefits. You see, the deeper we go into God's truth, the more we are spiritually impacted by his word. Deeper we go into God's truth, the more we dig into this word, the deeper we get into and, and the more spiritually impacted our life is by his word. So the first thing that I'll tell you, a benefit that you can have. Have. All of my notes, by the way, are on you uh, version. You can follow them there if you uh, want to take notes. The first thing is that it, uh, the, the, one of the great benefits of the God's word is that it gives me preparation and hope for the future. Preparation and hope for the future. L listen to Romans chapter 15 and verse number four. I want you to get this scripture. Such things were written in the scripture long ago to teach us. Everybody say to teach me. 
And the scripture gives us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. You see, this is what God does. He uses his word to cultivate spiritual endurance in our life. Amen. So when I'm going through a trial and I'm going through situations, I can turn and I can look at the story of Job. I can turn and I can look at the story of David. When I'm facing a battle, I can turn and I can see how David battled the giant. If I'm going through sickness, I can turn and I can see how Jesus healed those that were sick. Whatever I'm going through, this is something that cultivates spiritual endurance in my life. I don't know about you, but I love to read about the stories of the Old Testament heroes that came through the fire, that came through the water, that came through the lion's den, that came through the wilderness. I love to read about them because this is what it does. It teaches me that if I will trust in him, no matter what I go through, he will see me through. Hallelujah. You know what? I think we ought to take a praise break right here. And I think anybody that's ever gone through a battle and the word of God has encouraged you, you should be thankful for all that God has done in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Is there anybody in the room that God healed? Is there anybody in the room that God delivered? Is there anybody in the room that God saved? God turned around. I am thankful for what God has done in my life. It it prepares me. It gives me hope for the future. And, And Romans 15 and four, put that back up on the screen if you don't mind that last scripture that I just read. It contains an incredible principle for today. And that means, and that principle is that everything that was written in the scriptures in days gone by was written for me, amen. It's written for you. It's a testimony that I can make It's a testimony that I can be victorious. It's a testimony that no matter what happens, I have this hope and this hope is that my God is alive and he'll see me through. My goodness, I am preaching good today. Amen. Amen. And while I have the testimonies of how God delivered me in the past, it not only does that, but it prepares me for whatever will come in the future. And no, I don't know what tomorrow will hold. No, I don't know what battles I will fight. No, I don't know what sicknesses will attack me. But this is one thing that I do know, that no matter what troubles come, no matter what pain comes, no matter what persecution comes, I can be victorious every step of my life because God has prepared me. He's told me that we'll have troubles in this world, but that he has overcome. He has overcome, amen. 
Let me give you another benefit. Another benefit from God's word is we have strength to resist temptation. That's what this word will give us. It will give us the ability to fight against the temptations, the things of the world, the things that Satan will hurl against us, our own flesh. In Luke chapter four, when Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan appeared to him to tempt him, do you know what Jesus did? He didn't give Satan a karate chop. He could have. He could have gone all upside his head. I mean, he is the undefeated champ of the world. He could have given him some harm. No, this is what Jesus did for our benefit. He just started quoting the word to the enemy of our soul. And every time he quoted the word, the enemy was defeated. You see, that's what this scripture does. It protects me from sin by arming me with the truth. It strengthens us because we read this word and you know what comes out of our study, comes out of our reading the word, a desire to please God, a desire to live for God. Because every time we read it, you know what we're doing? We're tasting and seeing how good our God is, how faithful our God is, how he never forgets us, how he'll never leave us how he'll never desert us I read it all over and over and over and over again and this is what happens I come out of it saying that's the God that I want to serve that's the God I want to work with that's the God I want to live for that's the God I want to die for he is the one and he is Worthy! What an incredible benefit of having the word of God in our heart. What an incredible benefit of having it deep inside of us so that we can stand. This is what the psalmist said in Psalm 37 and 31. He said, they have made God's law their own. Amen. In other words, it's not something that was just given and out there. People have taken the word and said, this is mine. This is how I'm going to live. This is how I'm going to conduct my life. This is how I'm going to walk through life. And look what the scripture says. They have made God's law their own, so they will never slip. (laughs) Read it with me. Never slip. Say it one more time. Never slip. Say it with a smile on your face. Never slip from his path. Wow. Never slip from his path. I want to put the word in my life. I want to put the word in my heart. Charles Spurgeon talking about this particular scripture, a great pastor from from, uh, London, England. He said, the best thing in the best place produces the best results. So if I can take the best thing, which is the word of God, and I can put it in the best place for me, which is my heart, this is what will happen. I'll have the best results in my life because I'll live according to the word of God. I want you to put that scripture. Isn't, isn't that a beautiful sound? You know what that rain tells me? Slow down, pastor. Nobody's in a hurry to get wet. Just, just preach. Just, don't worry about it. Just preach. And so that, that's what I'll do. I'll just preach. This is what the scripture says. Put that, put that back up there. The scripture says that when I make God's law my own, that my course in life will be firm 
and steady. It says that if I make God's law my own, then, then I'll not fall into sin. And instead, my life will be prosperous and my life will be full of joy. The person who orders their footsteps according to God's word, and by the way, this is God's known will for your life, amen. Now I know God has a lot of different things that he wants us to do, but this is 101, God's will for your life. Well, I've got another message. I'm just gonna give you the cliff notes on it. I've had many people come to me as I've pastored and pray for the will of God and ask, what does God want for my life? And I've asked them, have you prayed about it? And have you read the word of God for it? And so many times people have said, no, I've not checked that. This is what, this is the letter. This is the love letter to you. This is God's love to you. If you wanna know what God's will is, follow his word. But the person who orders their footsteps according to God's word, you know what happens in our life? We're saved from so much uncertainty. We're saved from so much doubt. I feel sorry for people whose faith in God is so weak that the first trial they get into, they're just overcome by doubt. Now, I know all of us are of the flesh and all of us have these moments where we say, God, where are you in all of this? But the truth is, even in the middle of questioning God, like Job, though he slayed me, yet I will trust him because I've seen the goodness of God. Amen. It plants my feet even on slippery places. Now, another benefit, this is the third one. I've got two, two to go here, number three and number four. Number three is that if I study the word of God, I will grow spiritually. Everybody say grow spiritually. You see, this is what God does when we read his word. He uses the word. It becomes active in our life to shape our character. It becomes active in our life to shape our desires and change our desires. It becomes active in life to mold our motivations into the image of Christ. Spiritual growth, it fosters a more intimate relationship with God. Why does God want us to grow spiritually? So that we'll know him better. And if we know him better, we're going to love him deeper. And if we love him deeper, there's going to be this relationship with us where he talks into our heart. This is what Peter said about it in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. So get rid of all evil behavior. That, that's easy, isn't it? I mean, if we're going to serve God, we know that he doesn't want us to have evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Amen. I wish Donald Trump would have read that scripture before he started doing all that tweeting. Like newborn babes, this is what we should do. We must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into the full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Go back for just a minute there. Let's look at that. It's telling us that we should cry out for the nourishment that comes from the word of God. Cry out for this nourishment. There's all kind of small groups that are going on in our church right now where they're pouring the word of God into people. And some of you, you just can't be bothered by being a part of the small group. I say respectfully, 
trying to be nice about it, trying to not use unkind words as the scripture has said, why don't you have a hunger for nourishment? Every morning this week, we've had devotions that have come out of the word of God at 6.30 and I've watched the viewership and, and I'm thankful for everybody that views, everybody that comments, but I'm wondering, what about all the rest of the people in the church? Is there no hunger for spiritual things? Is there no hunger? Should we, shouldn't we be crying out for nourishment? The, the, the next scripture says why, tells us why we're crying out for nourishment. Now that you have the taste of the Lord's kindness. Let me just ask you quickly, is there anybody in this room that has a testimony of the goodness of God in your life? Has God been kind to anybody in this room? Has God been gracious? Has he been compassionate? Has he been merciful? Has he gone the extra mile for you? Have you ever been a lamb that wandered off and had the shepherd chase you down? Have you ever been a son that said, I just wish I could go home to have your father waiting for you? Our God is good all the time and all the time our God is good. All the time, all the time. And because I've tasted of that kindness of God, then I desire his word. I desire what he has for me. And, and, and this is the last benefit. If I, if I really have the word of God in my life, I'll have spiritual vitality, energy, strength. There's something about rooting yourself in scripture. It's because when we root ourselves in the scripture, this is what's going to happen. We will thrive. We will be blessed. God will bless us when we delight in his word. God will bless us when we are devoted to his word. Our relationship with him will be strong and produce eternal results in the midst of dark places. In the midst of places that don't seem to be blessed, guess what? When I'm in the word of God, I am blessed abundantly. Oh, the wise man David said it this way in Psalms chapter one, and I'm reading from a different translation. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, who are stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Now listen, this is what their life is like, but they delight, read that with me, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And this is what happens when we live that kind of life. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. <laughs> Their leaves never wither. I've got two fig trees right outside my house. I've been concerned about them because the leaves are turning black. They're, 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 they got spots on them. And, and the other day I was out there and I tore off some of those leaves. And I, I was looking at that leaf and I, this, this plant has plenty of water. It gets plenty of sunshine. What in the world is happening here? So if you know, come talk to me after church. But now I wanna go back to the message. Think about a leaf that would never wither. 
It doesn't matter what the temperature around it is. It doesn't matter what the weather around it is. It doesn't matter if it's hot or cold, if it's dry or wet. This is the promise of people that live according to the word of God. They'll be like a tree planted along the riverbanks. Their, uh, their leaf will never river, uh, never <laughs> wither, and they prosper in all they do. That's the type of life I want. That's the type of life I want to live. You know, growing up, I like reading stories. I'm still a reader and uh, my kids read and they love books. We have all kinds of books everywhere we turn. And, and, and so many of the stories when I was younger ended with everything being okay. Like, like a lot of the stories and they lived happily ever after. And, and you know what? That's the story we want for our life. We want to live happily ever after. And I'm just telling you, this is not a fairy tale. If we want to live happily ever after, and when I say every, ever after, I'm talking about for eternity. We build our life on God's word and on our faith in him. Stand with me. Prayer team, come on. Come around, prayer team, as quick as you can. And let me just close by saying this. Things will never satisfy us. Things will never satisfy us. Houses and lands and riches, there's not satisfaction in that. I'm not saying it's not fun. I'm not saying it wouldn't bring joy for a time. But it can't satisfy what God wants for us. I personally believe that everybody in this place, you have a hole in your soul that is God-shaped. And the only thing will satisfy is when you put God in that place that he belongs. Things can't satisfy me. God can. Pursuing pleasure, self-fulfillment, Self-centered goals cannot satisfy. Only a life built on God and obedience to his word will bring true happiness. So as I'm navigating life, and I'm looking at news, and I'm looking at opinions, and I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at that, and there's so much confusion and so many different opinions and I'm thankful that I have a rock to go back to. I'm thankful. I saw my dad do this, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to take my shoes off. and Oh, I forgot I had red socks on. You're in for a treat. I'm thankful that there's something I can stand on that will never change. I'm thankful... I'm thankful there's a rock that will hold me. Jesus said it like this. There are some people that hear all the things and then they go right out and they build their house on sand. And the first storm that comes, it destroys it. But there are some people that hear and obey and they are like the man builds their house up on a rock, a firm foundation that no matter what comes, 
God will see us through. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the word of God and I'll use it to navigate my life. Dear Lord, I love you so much today. I'm so thankful for your incredible goodness and mercy and love for us, oh God. And this is what I pray today, dear Lord. I pray that as we are looking for the path that we should walk on, the life that we should live, the directions that we should take, that each and every one of us would submit to your incredible word that you have given us. And that that would be the source of our inspiration. That would be the source of our conviction. That would be the source of our doctrine. And as we obey your word and walk with you, dear Lord, that we will see the things that you have for us that will prosper us and that will cause us to live the way that you want us to live. I ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to me today. Now, the team is coming out to lead us in that song that talks about the goodness of God. This is what I'd love for you to do. If you're here today and you're hungry for God to move in your life, if you're here today and maybe you have wrestled with decisions, I believe that all of us are facing decisions almost every day. If you're wrestling with those decisions, if you've never declared your faith and asked God to be your savior, ask Jesus to be your Lord and savior, let today be that day. And as you make that declaration, that life choice, that choice that says, I'm gonna live this way for the rest of my life, I'd love for you to just come down, let one of our prayer team members pray with you. And if, if you don't want to come to the prayer team, if you want to come and just pray across the front here and let's just give our heart to God and say, Lord, we trust you and we will follow you in Jesus name. Amen. I love you, Life Church.